0: Holy Gospel according to Luke the sixth chapter. Jesus has done two healings on the Sabbath which has caused controversy and then assigned uh, from his many followers 12 to be apostles or ones who are sent And then he comes down and begins to speak. That's where we join it. Jesus came down with the twelve and stood on a level place with a great crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea, Jerusalem, and the coast of Tyre and Sidon. They had come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases, and those who were troubled with unclean spirits were cured. And all in the crowd were trying to touch him, for power came out from him and healed all of them. Then he looked up at his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be filled. And blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you and when they exclude you, revile you, and defame you on account of the Son of Man, the human one. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for surely your reward is great in heaven Okay, step one, keep your bulletins out and look at page two, and you're going to look at the first lesson that Sharon read, and I want you to just skim it with your eyes and tell me what climate or geography the writer lived in. Desert. Desert, probably. And and why do you say that? Well, Sharon, of course, read it. Uh, What what was your clue? It was salt land and then yeah, yeah, and in fact, so kind of interesting. So if you know Israel's geography a little bit, it suggests that Jeremiah either had been personally around the country quite a bit or he had heard a lot about it and could describe it well. So where's the uninhabited salt land in larger Israel today? That would be the Dead Sea area to the south. I mean, literally uninhabited and a deserted uh, wasteland. Nothing, nothing grows there. Uh, where's, where's the rich farmland? What part of the country is that? It's in the north, in, in Galilee, uh, where you have the Sea of Galilee, the Jordan River, and all of its tributaries, and actually a verdant, green, beautiful place. And, and so uh, just by knowing his own geography, Jeremiah sets up a really kind of interesting, I think, spiritual metaphor. Uh, oh, by the way, where did he live? Any idea? What's, what's the biggest city? Jerusalem is where he lived. Jerusalem, of course, is in between the beautiful north and the salt land in the south. And it's a semi-arid place, which is more of a desert than not. In other words, spiritually, we kind of live in between a lot in our lives. And when you think about it, that's true. And what is it about us as human beings that given the choice of turning north and going to the, the beautiful green watered valleys or going south to the salt land in the desert that so often we choose in fact to go to the south and end up in the desert? What's, what's, the, what's the difference between those spiritually? And you'd have to read a lot more of Jeremiah to get to that, but the basic difference is when you're in the uninhabited salt land. Uh, oh, by the way, what's what's the uh, uh, what's the word? At some point in there, it says uh, I think cursed are those who is that right in there someplace? Somewhere it does. It's got this really harsh word. Um, but the interesting thing about that word is it can just as easily mean forsaken. Uh, in other words, a, a lot of times we make this turn to the south. Uh, we we choose to go on our own little path, to be uh, in an uninhabited place, to be by ourselves, to be cut off from our God, to be cut off from the communities that could support us. And then that becomes a a very lonely and and unproductive place. Uh, On the other hand, if we stay connected to our God, to our communities, to each other, uh, then you become like a tree that puts down roots next to the river And it bears fruit even when? It still bears fruit even in a drought, right? Is it possible in the midst of loss, difficulty, and hardship in your life to still bear fruit, to still be a good, generous, gracious, caring person? Yeah, is it easy? No, is it possible if you are cut off from your God from your community probably not and so one of the things we work at all of our lives and pray about is to somehow be um, connected enough to God and neighbor that in the inevitable difficult times we will still be a tree that bears some fruit now we're kind of fortunate in that we've got three people at least sitting here at this particular service who've been to El Salvador, four people who've been to El Salvador, and therefore I think you all would know Pastor Rafael from our uh, partner congregation in Cordero de Dios. Uh, So they're going to be having church. Actually, Rafael's leading a church service right now as we speak at his... base congregation. And then at 10 o'clock, he's also going to be leading the service uh, for our group that's down there right now, as well as uh, the congregation of Cordero de Dios, Lamb of God Lutheran Church, which has been our partner down there for 16 years at this point. Um, Somebody who's been down there want to say why Raphael would maybe be an example of uh, a tree planted by a stream that still bears fruit in the midst of a drought. It's a long lead-in, but what, happen, what, what happened in his life in the last he couple of years? years. Hmm? Yeah, he lost his wife. He lost his Norma, who was the pastor of our partner congregation there for the first 13 years that we were connected. She had an undiagnosed intestinal problem, and she died a little bit over three years ago. And so um, he launches into this wilderness without her. Uh, her congregation loses their pastor, her three daughters, her three teenage daughters uh, at this point lose their mom. Um, You could get pretty lost and you could be pretty much in a salt land in a situation like that. Um, And, um, you know, Raphael has suffered a lot through all of that. But he still serves his own congregation. Now he serves Norma's congregation. He's raising those three teenage daughters uh, with a lot of help from his sisters. In other words, from his community. And he remains a prayerful person, a musical person, a funny person. Um, how often do you see Raphael when he doesn't have quite a bit of energy? Like never, you never see him when he doesn't have a lot of energy. Uh, he's just a great example to me of, of someone who is not a perfect person, uh, not um, on target about everything, but man, he's, he's a tree that's got deep roots and he has continued to bear fruit uh, even in a time of drought. So that's who you pray to be like just a little bit. And nobody prays to, to face those challenges in life. Um, but if they come your way, uh, then you pray that you're connected to a God and you're connected to a community, uh, that will not leave you alone in the wilderness, right? So now we move to today's gospel lesson. Um, So a couple of uh, I think really interesting and important things about today's gospel lesson. It begins in Luke's gospel, what we the material that we think of as the Sermon on the Mount, because that's what it's called in Matthew's gospel. Uh, But what geographic place does it take place in? In Luke, Jesus comes down and he's on a level plain when he preaches it. Uh, So there seems to be a difference in setting. Uh, In Matthew's gospel, it's on a mountain because he's addressing a totally Jewish audience and all important things in Jewish history happen on what? Mountains, right? Uh, And in Matthew's Gospel, it starts with the Beatitudes, this poetic repetition uh, nine times, blessed are you, uh, because Hebrew is a poetic language to a Jewish audience that uh, comes off as literally music to their ears. and in Luke's gospel, there is no Beatitudes, but instead there's this dichotomy, a philosophical thing that his a Greco-Roman audience would have gotten uh, where he says, blessed are you, woe is you, blessed are you, woe is you, blessed are you, woe is you. Um, a, a compare and contrast approach. So did Matthew or Luke change the material? Uh, they're editors, they picked the material, but uh, Maybe another thing that I think people often forget about is Jesus may have changed the material. In other words, nowadays, if a politician is uh, on the campaign trail or if a bishop is going from congregation to congregation, they keep giving the same speech or sermon, right? Uh, but do they adjust it for their audience a little bit? Yeah, of course they adjust it for their audience. And so it's very possible that Jesus talks to one audience uh, by the Sea of Galilee. And in today's gospel lesson, he's in a different location, different people, different people, Uh, as a result, a different way of saying it. That's a long way of getting at something really plain and true, which is Jesus doesn't really mess around much uh, when he talks to us in the Sermon on the Plain or the Mount. You know, blessed are the poor, blessed are the hungry, blessed are those who mourn. In other words, those people will not be left alone, and, and God's deliverance is precisely for them in their need. But the rich and the full and the people are just having a great time they need to watch out woe to them they face spiritual danger which are you blessed are you or woe is you we live in a really comfortable blessed place there's a possibility that the woe is spoken to us but i think knowing the gospels and Jesus, he would rather be saying, blessed are you to everybody. And of course, the difference for him as it was for Jeremiah is, if you happen to be blessed in any way, if you happen to be rich in any way, does it cause you to move into yourself and away from your God and away from your community? And does it cause you to stay in your home because it's comfortable or you want to defend it? or it's a safe place to be? If so, then woe is you, because those are all bad outcomes to blessings in life. But if you've been blessed, if you're rich in any way, and it it causes you to be thankful to your God... And, and, and appreciative and connected to your community and unwilling to stay in, in your home, wherever that is, but instead understand, uh, of course, you would go out into the highways and byways, because that's where, that's where the poor are. That's where the, the hungry people are. You're not going to find them in your home. They're not, you're not going to find them in your church. Uh, only when you go out from those places uh, Are you given the opportunity to share whatever your richness happens to be? If that's you, then blessed are you. So which is it for you today? Blessed are you or woe is you? So you're connected because you're a part of unity, uh, to this group that's down in El Salvador right now. We call it a mission of healing. It's a, a mix of a medical clinic, uh, but also very much a teaching place, uh, just sharing lots of information to people with uh, nutrition and about different aspects of health. Uh, in fact, it's almost more that at this point than it is is a medical clinic. And so at some level, I almost hated to use these examples because they're about the medical side of things, but, but the people are what make the examples, so I think I decided to stick with it. Because you're a part of unity, you support this group that's down there right now. So 24 people—they'll see 12, 1300 people in four different communities this week. Uh, they will. Jolene's been a part of this, and she, she knows you'll work. They will work really hard this week, and they will do a lot of sweating this week. But there are three people on the trip that 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 go uh, because of you and, and go with your prayers, and I just want to mention them. Uh, because they come from three different communities that we're connected to. So on this particular trip of 24 people, 17 are from Unity or connected to Unity. Two are from Minnesota that we're connected to, and five are from Atonement Lutheran in Muskego, over that way. Um, So from this group, one of the people who's going is is a doctor named Becky Lawrence. Uh, How many of you know Becky from the CTK campus? So all of you. So like Becky just retired from this practice in ob high-risk pregnancy uh, surgical situations and so as soon as she retires she decides well what better place to go than El Salvador and spend a week of sweating down there and, and see she's going to be blessed by going and, and she's going to be a blessing by going because a lot of the people that we see are women a lot of them are childbearing age a lot of them are pregnant or have lost pregnancies uh, a lot of them have been subject to abuse a lot of them um, have had a lot of difficult things in their lives. And, and I don't know exactly what Becky will see this week. Maybe it'll just be a lot of wellness checks and UTIs and stuff like that, um, but I think not. I think there will be other things that are difficult. And she will be a blessing to the people she sees precisely because of who she is. Uh, How many of you know Mike Gutzite? He's from the Cross of Light campus. Uh, He's been leading this trip for nine years at this point. He's a pediatrician. And he's a pediatrician who um, is the medical director at Children's Hospital and so mostly the the patience he has these days is with all the meetings he sits through. You know he doesn't get to see a lot of kids anymore. But he goes on this trip and he gets to spend a whole week (coughs) seeing kids. And he gets to spend a whole week uh, being with little kids who are afraid. And, and some of them have things that are wrong, and some of them uh, just have a cough. But he tells them terrible jokes in terrible Spanish. And uh, the main thing is he, he makes those kids feel important and noticed and that it, their lives are not unimportant, that they deserve to be cared for. And, and no one conveys that better. Um, you're with Becky this week. You're with Mike. Uh, the person uh, uh, that has the maybe the hardest job this week is a, uh, is a doctor named Amy, she's one of the people who joins us from uh, Minnesota, uh, she's an oncologist and it's not like we see tons of people with cancer on this trip. But the sad thing about the trip is that there's always one or two, some years three people who come to the clinic and this is the first place they find out they have cancer. Um, And and somebody like Amy talks them through that. And the the problem with that is in in a place like El Salvador, um, if you're a poor person coming to this clinic, uh, you're not gonna get medical care. Um, Once you find out you have cancer, now you're gonna die. And and so this is what Amy gets to deal with, to to tell somebody not just that you have cancer, but um, you're gonna die because you don't have money and there's uh, no public health care that's going to be available to you uh, to treat you and and they already know that, um, but but she's still able to talk with people what what can you do? Um, what can you do so that that the, the pain is different and so that you can stay healthy as long as possible? And she can talk with their families about how to walk with this person with a sense of dignity and, and, and so that everything is not totally out of control. Um, in the life that they have left. And, and that's so very hard. And so you have that going on in one little exam place and Becky will be with maybe a new mom in another place and Mike will be with some little kid uh, who's, who's scared but starts laughing when uh, you know, Mike blows a balloon up for him. Um, so pray for that this week. That's what's happening day after day, just in that one place. And think of that happening all over our world. Um, In so many in different ways. But that's the part that you're connected to. So pray for them every day. Be a part of that every day. Blessed are you. Now chances are, actually it's kind of interesting that we have four people out of, what, 30 or 40? So that's like 10% in this particular group. But that's high within our congregation. I would think 98% of us are not likely to go to El Salvador. Uh, What's happening here in 27 days that... Uh, literally every one of you could be connected to. The Worldwide Food Pack on Saturday, March 16th. We've had eight-year-olds do this. We've actually had 90-year-olds do this. Um, The the Food Pack uh, packs 100,000 meals to be sent to places where there are famines or where there are droughts or where there is danger. Uh, One of those places is El Salvador. And uh, sometimes just having food for the day is, 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 is a lifesaver for a household. So we've seen these meals in El Salvador. Uh, anyhow, so be a part of that. It costs you 25 bucks, that's how we pay for the food. So sign up, fork over your $25. If you're really generous, you could pay for a whole table of people to do it. And then if you're, amb- if you're ambitious and good with the spoon, you can just sit there as part of the conveyor line and dump uh, the protein powder into the mix. That's, that's what the eight-year-olds or the 90-year-olds olds can do. And for all the rest of you, which is like everybody here, you all look like you are ready to be hauling around 50-pound bags of rice. Carol, I know you're, I know you're on it. You're gonna be the first one doing do it. So, uh, you know, there's a job for everybody as a part of this. And, 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 and why wouldn't we all wanna be a part of this? It's a great, uh, fun, exciting day of community. and and cooperation, and and then it gets sent someplace where it's a a gift, it's grace, it's what people need. Blessed are you. Jesus doesn't want to speak woe are you to anybody. That's never the intent. Why, Why would anyone want to be isolated and alone? separated from their gods, separated from their community, just hiding in in their house. Um, None of you want that either. Blessed are you. Blessed are you because you want something different. Blessed are you because you understand your God loves you and forgives you and is gracious. Blessed are you because you're connected to the people here and, and you will pray for those people in El Salvador this week. Blessed are you. Blessed are you because you live and pray to do and be God's goodness in our world, done.